Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. Today, I am talking with my friend, Sophia. Sophia is a stylist. She's a salon owner. She has created um, these amazing gift boxes. She's all the things, and I really enjoy talking to her. She has been a wonderful wonderful support system for me for the past, I guess, little over a year. Um, Sophia is also a part of Independent Beauty Pros. I talk about this a lot on the podcast. Independent Beauty Pros is essentially a LinkedIn for hairstylists. It is education. It is support. It is community. It is networking. It's all the things directly from your home. If you like me, if you like Sophia, you would love Independent Beauty Pros. If it's something that you're interested in, you can use the code BACKROOMBEAUTY to get 10% off of your yearly membership, and I highly recommend it. I will see you in the virtual happy hours. So today, Sophia and I are talking about a lot of things. We're talking about trauma. We're talking about finding our happy, and we're talking about being cannabis moms. That's right. We're talking about weed today. Here's the deal. The point of this podcast is to be open, honest, and vulnerable in all aspects of life. I am that way in this podcast, and I encourage all of my guests to come out and talk about things that I know listeners can relate to in various ways. This conversation is one of those conversations that not everyone is going to agree with, and that is okay. We are here to have harder conversations. So... Please enjoy. If you like what you hear, I am. I strongly encourage you to um, screenshot it, share it, tag me, tag Sophia. Um, we are opening up a conversation that um, I'm kind of excited to see people's feedback. So if you're not comfortable talking about it publicly, please DM me at Misty Jane um, underscore Misty Jane underscore, and um, let's chat because I know I'm not the only one who uh, was nervous to have this conversation. (laughs) Enjoy. Hi, Sophia. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. Hey, Misty. Thanks so much for inviting me. I love it. Of course. This is like a long time coming. So for the people listening, Sophia and I have been like Instagram BFFs now for what, a year? 
maybe? Yeah, oh, longer, 2019. Oh yeah. Because I met you and I met you in workshop in a box. Yeah, I feel like 2020 didn't exist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But this is actually our first time, you know, I record these on Zoom. So this is actually our first time having a face-to-face conversation, just the two of us. So I'm really excited about this because Sophia, you've got a lot of cool things going on and you and I have a lot in common and I'm really excited to dive into it today. So just go ahead and give a little brief of who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, hello, I am Sophia Musto. I live in Maryland. I grew up in Baltimore and went to all girls school and grew up with all sisters and then went to beauty school and graduated in 1999 and became a hairstylist. So today I am a salon owner and operator. I own a boutique salon in Bel Air, Maryland. I am happily married to my husband, Pat, who is also an entrepreneur. And then I have three children with my husband and um, Sebastian, Luna, and Stella. So such a good time, as you know, as a mom. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, my kids still have not gone back to school. So sometimes forgive me, my brain just feels like I'm like ready for the reset to like get back to some structure in my life. And yeah. my kids get back to school in September. Oh, you'll feel like normal life again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will feel like that. Like you said, 2020 didn't happen. Like right. we're back on track. Right. Exactly. This long year. Yeah. You'll have time to yourself. So yes. talk to me a little bit about um, the shifts that you made in 2020, because you did some pretty cool things in this time. Oh, thanks. Well, I, it was killing me. I'm such a hustler. Like I don't know anything else, but to be in that like survival mode. So when I couldn't work, my brain was just going and uh, my husband and I were both laid off, which was really scary, but because I'm such a creative, I wanted to give back to my community, which actually helped me as well. So I did a raffle and this is where I feel like you and I really connected. Cause I was like, my imposter syndrome was kicking in so bad. Like I felt like I was desperate and begging, but I really wasn't. It was just like a love. So I made that cute little raffle and I did raffle tickets for $5 to be my first client to come back into the salon to help me pay my rent. And it blew up and I had so much fun doing it. And then we were in workshop in a box together. And then I got my other box and I was like, I'm going to miss this so much when I don't get it. It's like my happy. It's like that in between when you're getting the bill and you're getting the, the bad news in the mail. It was like, that's what I wanted to get. A it's like a present. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a present you weren't expecting, like, right. like a pen pal, like I want to bring that back. And I did a little bit during the pandemic because that's how I was getting inspired. So because of the workshop in the box and everything I learned there, I wanted to continue that. And Zen Setter was built because I feel like hairdressers, we always set the trend but I wanted to set the Zen because I was miserable inside and I knew that I couldn't be the only one, but how could everybody just like not talk about it? So I just started talking about the shit, but smiling through it because if we're not going through those struggles, how are we growing? What are we learning from that? How are we building from that? And if I didn't have that, Zen Setter wouldn't have been here. 
And then Zen Center is also like helping spread and bless other women entrepreneurs because everything in the box comes from another struggling business that I met during the pandemic. Like I cultivated these relationships and I just can't, like, I want everybody to know about them. So now Zen Center, the podcast is coming because I need, I need people to know about them because in my little space, that's not big enough. The world needs to hear about these special people. Well, tell the listeners what Zen Setter is because it's essentially a box filled with all of the things, right? Yeah. So Zen Setter is a box set to set the Zen for yourself and soul care. Is it a subscription right, box? No, I didn't want to put any boundary on people. I wanted you to like, if it's somebody's birthday or somebody, instead of sending them flowers, send them a Zen Setter. Like, let me help plan their self and soul care. Give them it for a Christmas gift. Give it to a mom for Mother's Day. Give it to a new mother who just came home with a baby because mm -hmm. she doesn't know. Give it to your friend that just got fired. Give it to your friend that just got a promotion. Now, what is in these boxes? Oh, it's everything. So right now I'm like each, this is my second box coming out this season because you learn and you grow from each experience. So the box is an experience that starts with learning how to take care of your hair, your face and your skin. So it has like a Zen AF bath soak from a local entrepreneur in Connecticut. Her name's Megan. And she created um, Calm the Fuck Down Bath Soak, Self-Fucking-Love, and spiritual fucking love. And it's a CBD bath soak. And then on the back of it, it gives you these hilarious instructions of how to calm the fuck down. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, put that fine ass in the tub. And it's like, get that water motherfucking hot. Like it's <laughs> hilarious, but it's like a gift you wouldn't necessarily see. And then it also has um, like a face roller in it from Kitsch, or it has a face, each box is individualized and cultivated for the person. So it has skincare from local companies that have given you a complete facial with a little kit on how to do it. And if you continue to like it, it has their information. So you can go to like Urban Pulse and learn and then learn about this entrepreneur of why she went to make her own bug spray and her own skincare. And this shows you to start the bath and then give yourself the facial, give yourself the luxury products that you never give yourself as a woman, as a mother, as a friend, as a sister, because women, we always put ourselves last because we're in that feminine energy. We're not in naturally in that dominant, like this is mine, like mentality. So I wanted somebody to have a luxury experience the way I would pamper them if I was with them. Oh, I love that. And the boxes are awesome. I mean, I ha I do not have one, but like all of the things you just listed, I can think of five people I need to send them to like immediately. <laughs> like I need my own candle too, Mist. Like, yes, I've, well, and I've seen them. There's it's like, it literally is like a present to yourself or a present. Like it's got so much stuff in it. And it's so much, like you said, it's very like calming and just things that we need. Right. Like I, so me and you, I remember you reaching out to me when you wanted to do that, by the way, when you wanted to do the raffle. And I feel like that might've been one of the first times we really talked one-on-one, -on -one, if I remember correctly. And um, look where it's brought you. I mean, that wasn't me. That was you that did that. <laughs> but, but like, look, look how far you've come with it. Cause how, how is it taking off? Like, how are your boxes doing at this point? 
well, they, they pretty much sold out, but I like to have a trickle for that person. Cause when somebody asks me about it, I don't have it just like easy, just like, it's not easy to get a hair appointment with me. I only had one comeback and that was because of damage of the delivery, not because of anything else. Right. And I had a box to replace that immediately within 48 hours. Like I wanted to perfect how the person received this during, because you know, when you get stuff, people don't care. So I really researched between each brand who I wanted to deliver it. And so it took off. I mean, I sold myself short, which I always do because that, you know, we always let our, our bitch voice get over our boss voice. So Yep. I listened to that bitch voice and I made a certain amount of units and sold out in that Christmas season. So what was your voice telling you that you can't do it? Nobody's going to buy it. Like, Oh, you're a copycat. Like people are going to sue you. Um, everybody's going to say like, this is so stupid. We're heading into a recession. Who's going to buy this? Like people are losing their jobs and you're putting out something that is a, isn't a necessity, but to me, it is to me, loving yourself and taking care of yourself is. Yeah, I totally agree. What do you feel like helped you combat that feeling? Being in a community with people like you that when my bitch voice was coming, I could say, do you ever feel this way? Because like feeling alone in something really holds you back. And then it really lays a brick and then it lays another brick. And then eventually it turns into a wall of you're holding yourself back and building your own walls. And it took me the last year to really see that. I mean, I'll never forget 11.11 is when I released Sunsetter. And like, I had to give myself a goal to do it. Like this was ready in July, but because of that bitch voice, I wouldn't do it. So I, I said, I'm doing it this day. And I literally had to talk to myself in the mirror. I wish I would have took a freaking video of this. <laughs> I was like, Sophia, you are going to do this. And who cares? You're going to show your children. You're going to show your children when you have a dream, you can make that a reality. And you have a support system of people behind you that you're not alone in this. You're not. And whenever I had a question, I had a support in the community. And that's why we, me and you are so aligned because I feel like community is my number one pillar of success. And I think that you have that same pillar. I, I think, you know, there people underestimate the value of relatability. Like people, I really truly believe that like, for, I know for me, like I have felt that so many times, like this isn't good enough. Nobody's going to buy it. Like, who am I to do this? And sometimes just hearing that other people feel that way makes me still want to do it. Cause I'm like, well, they feel that way too, but they're still doing it, you know? And it's like, I think that we don't realize a lot of people don't want to talk about the struggling part, right? Like they don't want to like say that they feel that way. Well, I have to be the expert. I can, I have to pretend that I'm confident all the time. And I just don't think that that's the way to do it. I mean, maybe at least for me, right? Like, like for me, us having these conversations makes me go, okay, that thing I'm worried about, like I can do it. I can do it anyway. You know, everyone feels this way and, and they still, you know, push through. Um, it's interesting. I'm glad that people like you are out there, you know, speaking on it because I know a lot of people will listen to this podcast and they'll be feeling the same way about something else. And then they're going to hear it and go, well, she did it anyway. I did it anyway. And I had a lot of naysayers. Yeah. 
I saw a quote um, this week that said, it's not that you're scared of failure. You're scared of public failure. And that's what's stopping you. And it was like, oh my God, because I am not scared to try some shit. Like, <laughs> but I am scared to try some shit and it not work and everyone go, oh, told you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that has never fucking happened. Anything I've tried, one, if I don't like it anymore, I don't do it anymore. And nobody says shit. And if they do, they don't say it to my face and I don't really care. <laughs> like, or it does work out and everyone goes, huh, okay, well, cool. And, you know, it's, it, it, was, it was interesting to me. Do you feel like you're more nervous about quote unquote failure because of the outside world? or because of you, like internally? I, I have felt so much shame and embarrassment in my life. Like um, I, not many people know that I was divorced and like married and for a short time. And like, when you carry something like that, that doesn't leave. You learn to like, kind of push it to the side. Like, oh, that it's kind of like having a little scratch and you didn't take care of it. And it turns into a big infection over time. So I let shame in that carry me. So like you said, like having somebody else see me fail in another way just wasn't an option. Wasn't because I, I already was divorced and then I got fired from my job in front of my children. Like how embarrassing. And then it was like, do I kill myself and just let that person win? Or do I make it that she regrets for the rest of her life that she let me go? Because I would have been an amazing leader within her company. I wanted to be included and a part of something, not be in competition because to me, my heart says there's room for us all. But that's not what was seen because others were projecting their own insecurity to went to me. I was the only one that didn't have plastic surgery. So like, Everybody got their boobies done by the same person. I didn't believe me. I wanted to, I wish I had the money, but I had children and we just don't know people's circumstance. But sometimes when we put our own label on that, it's like crazy how we can get distorted vision. And I wasn't myself. And it's the best thing that she could have ever done for me. Like looking back, I pity that girl. I look at her and think you failed because you weren't yourself. So going forward, I will always be 100% truly authentically me. And I know that I won't be for everybody, but that does not mean I'm a failure. That just means I'm not for them. But for somebody else, I could be the tits for like, yes, so yes. And that is my soul calling. So that's the lane I'm going to stay in. And if you're judging me or whatever, that shows me more about you than about me. And that, my friend, is what I learned in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. It's so funny because we're all so scared of being ourselves or being found out, right? Like, right. Yeah. And like, we're imposters to ourselves. Yes. That's something that I realized. It's like somebody asked me, I was talking about something that I was going through, and someone asked me, Are you scared of being found out? And I was like, Oh, maybe. But then it's like, but what does that mean? Like, I'm an open book, but like, am I scared of being found out in that way on a bigger scale where people are open to judge you that don't know you? You know, like if me and you can have a conversation, I can have a conversation on this podcast. I can talk to people in person. That's a completely different thing than quote unquote being found out to people who don't know you, 
you know, and, and maybe hear something and, and pass judgment, but it doesn't matter. Those people don't matter. Like none of that matters. And the crazy part is once you are yourself, that's when the magic happens. Like this podcast, I am more myself on this podcast than anything else because you it's hard to be yourself on a picture and words on Instagram, right? Like you don't get right. the full picture. I love this podcast more than anything for that reason because I get to stand, sit here and I get to talk to people I like in a way that I talk if we were out having a drink right now. Like, <laughs> and, and people love this podcast so fucking much. And I'm like, why did I try to like, I don't even think I intentionally tried to hide it. You know, there's just always things in your life that like, you're just not sure how people are going to react. So you kind of push them down, save them for people that are closest to you. And, and then you wonder why people don't resonate with you as much, you Mm -hmm. know? And then the moment you open up about things, it's like, oh, I feel that way too. And it's like, fuck, like what? (laughs) Right. I mean, that's why I hired Elizabeth to be my coach. Yeah. Because she was a single mother with a son. Yeah. Same as me. Right. And the first trip I ever went on was the Mandalay Bay because I was obsessed with Robert Crabeans. And <laughs> that's the salon that molded her into a coach. Right. If the stars didn't align to show me that, and I didn't have money to have it hired a coach. And if I didn't, I wouldn't have met you and I wouldn't have been here into this. I would have been in that low frequency. Yeah. Well, I think people, when it comes to coaching, they don't think about, they think about losing the money, Right. They don't think about what the money can bring them. Like once you pay for something, that shit's gone. You forget about it in a second. But the amount of like, like the amount of money I have made because I have hired coaches, the amount I've paid them is shit mm-hmm. compared to like what it actually has brought me happiness in my life, more time in my life, more money in my pocket. Like it, it's crazy. Like people think too much about how they're going to lose things and not think about how much they can gain from risk. And sometimes spending is a risk. But what if it was easy? Right. And and what if you spent it and it tripled? Yeah. What if you reframed that thought and looked at it in a completely different sentence? Mm -hmm. Yep. What if it does work out? What if? Yeah. What if all your dreams come true? Yeah. I, wh- why do you think we focus on the negative? Because we're programmed that way. Because mm-hmm. when we're like little, don't do that. Don't. It's always negative. It's not like, do it. Go run in the street. <laughs> Fall off that bike. Right. Hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's not. So like right now as a mother, I, I mean, I, I like, I have, I feel like I'm a child raising a child. Like I was a young mom. I was 23 when I had my son. And I did not have any adult supervision around. Okay. Like when I got in the car with him one time, you were like, did you ever feel that fear behind the chair? I was like, no, I felt it as a mother, like Mm -hmm. give me the scissors. But when it came to being a mother, that gave me my fear. Like I didn't get out of the back seat for the first three months of his life. I didn't even drive him. So when I left his biological father, when he was one, I was a scared girl at 23 that really didn't grow up. And now I'm raising a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 12-year-old. And I don't want them to be afraid of anything. And I want them to live their dreams to the max. And I always like, but what if it went right? What if you get to go there? Why not try? And they can't stand it. They're like, 
what does my aura say, mom? Because I'm going to fart and it's going to be green. Like they are hysterical. <laughs> I wish I could get it on video, but they like don't want to be in that realm. And I respect that. And oh, <laughs> it's just funny. It's just funny to see like how the world is growing and how we are the change. And if we change our thoughts and we change the outlook, and we change the program that we're running on. Imagine, imagine the difference we can make in not only our life, but somebody else's. Yeah, it's so true. And it sounds so simple. Like if you would have told me five years ago, like all you have to do is believe in yourself. I would have been like, what? (laughs) Okay. Oh, (laughs) like (laughs) now it's like, holy shit. Like all I really have to do is believe I can do it. I mean, you have to take action, but you have to believe you can do it or you're never even going to take the first step. I know. I feel like those experience is, is what leads us to the knowing, Mm -hmm. to the knowing, like first we do, then we feel, and then we fucking know. And there's like, you do you, but I know what's safe for me and what's an experience for me and what I don't like and what I won't accept. Yeah. But I know what I do accept and what I do like, and I'm going to chase to be around those people. Yeah. And it's interesting because you do have to like experience the downsides, you know, to know what you like and don't like. And it's like, I think everyone just seeks comfort. You know, we talk all the time about getting out of your comfort zone. Nobody likes to be uncomfortable, you know, but you've got Mm -hmm. to do certain things that are uncomfortable to get to that ultimate happy place. Totally. Yeah. It's super interesting. So I want to switch gears. Um, so you and I have had this conversation. This is the first time I have ever said this, like, like openly. Um, I want to talk about weed. <laughs> Woo, I'm so proud of you. No, first That's of all, I want to, well, I want to give my, I want to give my little story. So I used to be a very large pothead. That is not a secret. Um, all through high school and up until, up until I started my debt journey, actually, because basically I was spending a lot of money on weed and I was fucking lazy as shit. I mean, like weed made me so I would smoke it all the time. Like it was bad. Um, and, uh, so I stopped for a long time, like pretty much five years, five or six years. I didn't smoke maybe once a year. If I was out somewhere, like maybe probably not every year. Um, and in 2020 stress, I started, um, eating edibles at night and it was just my downtime. You know, it was my time to, um, just chill. I didn't get crazy high, just enough to like chill the fuck out, stop thinking about shit. Um, and I found that it made me a better mother. (laughs) Like I was more patient. I could listen to his stories about Minecraft that I didn't care about longer. He's funny as shit. Like, (laughs) And I found that I like what I like to call now my mommy medicine. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it is medicine. Yeah, it really is. Because what, what what's the difference if you took an Ambien? Because society says that's okay, right? Because the doctor wrote a prescription. Well, now you can get a prescription for marijuana the same way, or cannabis, whatever you like to call it. But it is a man-made, grown plant, like basil or lavender. If you use essential oils, I mean, it's the same thing. So once we learn and we stop the stigma that marijuana is a drug 
or a gateway because people have bad behaviors and abuse things. They abuse food. They abuse prescription drugs. Money. They abuse prescription. They abuse money. I mean, abuse is out there in many ways. However, people abuse exercise. Yes. Literally abuse anything. But marijuana is not addicting. Bad behaviors are addicting. Just like Zoloft isn't addicting, but you can be addicted to the feeling that you're searching for to get from it. That's a deeper rooted issue and you shouldn't blame things for that. I'll just say that. But I, okay, but. I have, have you ever heard of Dr. Carl Hart? I have not. Okay. I'm going to send you, um, so Joe Rogan podcast, he was on it and, um, I highly recommend you listen to it. So he is, he's a professor. I forget like, he's a psychologist that basically studies, um, drugs and his whole like, um, mindset around drugs is exactly what you're saying. Like everyone blames the drug. Well, they're addicts because of the drug, whatever, but he's, it's a deeper issue. Like, if you, you can literally drink a soda, you know, five times a day for the rest of your life, or, you know, like, what is that? So what, what emotion is that sort of giving you? Like, is it giving you that comfort? Like, are you addicted to that comfort? So it's kind of the same thing. Um, but he talks a lot about how, like, um, you know, you're numbing something and it's not the drug's fault. You're just using the drug as the numbing agent. You need to go deeper into why it's an addiction or why, you know, you can't stop it. it he's fascinating. I've read his book as well. Um, it's a fascinating perspective. He now, and I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree with this, but, um, he like casually does all drugs. Like he's, he casually does heroin. He casually like, like, it's kind of nuts, but it's, a, Dr. Carl. it's really interesting to listen to him because wow. he, he thinks all drugs should be legalized. And if they're legalized that that way, because a lot of people, they die from heroin because there's fucking fentanyl in it. And there's fu- like all this other bullshit in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's legal that it can actually be tested and at, like people can use it in a different way. Not saying fucking, I think everyone should go do heroin. I'm not saying that, please. I just want a disclaimer. Okay. <laughs> but it's a fascinating perspective. Um, cause it really gets you thinking in a different way about drugs because there is a huge stigma around it, you know, but oh. why isn't there a stigma around having a glass of wine at the end of the night when you're fucking tired or taking an Adderall, right? Why isn't there a stigma around that? Why is it praised for children to take that? I could had to give 50, 50 custody of my child in an abusive relationship because I didn't want to get a hair follicle test to prove I smoked marijuana. That's what my abuser held over my head. So the judge said to me, just because he abuses you doesn't mean he'll abuse his child. Well, that judge was wrong. Now the child's 17 and I'm like, you know what? I'm not embarrassed. Four years ago, when marijuana became legal in the state of Maryland, I was one of the first 100 patients before there was a dispensary to get my license because of the stigma around marijuana, even with our politics and judicial system, because it's going to hurt the pharmaceutical companies. They are going to lose money. I have a connective tissue disease. I had to have an early hysterectomy from this disease like emergency at 35 years old, where like three surgeries, where my body grows tumors under my fingernails and they take my fingernails off and put my fingernails back on. I was taking so many drugs. I actually showed 
Misty a picture of me. My husband had to take me to the hospital and call 911. And we had a freezer bag of fucking prescription drugs because one did the other, did the other, did the other. One lowered my blood pressure. One like helped my blood circulation. One helped with my anxiety because I didn't like, I was so anxious about taking the pill and not taking the right pill. It was ridiculous. It was making me a prisoner of my life prisoner so then they came out with a drug called marinol the pharmaceuticals have a legalized marijuana pill called marinol you keep it in your fridge it's a thousand dollars a month for 30 pills goodness and it's less than a half a gram in that bottle you can go to a dispensary and buy a half a gram for under 30 dollars, and that will last you a month now if you are a pig and you use that earlier then you're a little piggy. And then when you go to the, like you get the cupcakes, you're probably eating all the cupcakes too. Like that's your personality, not the drug again. But once you learn that marijuana comes in a stativa, a hybrid or an indica. So the hybrid is a mix in between. Stativa is gonna be your upper, your happier weeds. Indicas are gonna put you in the couch sleepy weeds. They're more of your purple flower where your stativas are more of your reddish type flowers. And each of these flowers, if they're referred to as a flower versus a drug, like if we change the talking of it, you will start to appreciate the flower. They all have names. They all have special meanings. They all can do something. If you had cancer and you weren't eating, there is a drug that you can smoke that helps you eat. I am happy to say that for now, for three years, I am smoke-free. I am prescription drug-free. The only thing that I do is I, I, I occasionally will vape a, mar um, a marijuana thing, I'll be completely honest, but I eat edibles. I learned my dose. I learned my terpene profile. The terpenes like a rainbow. If you go on Pinterest, you can learn all of this. The rainbow of each color will show you in the marijuana profile. And when you buy marijuana legally from a dispensary, which it should be legal in all 50 states, and I totally 100% support that, it will show you with a nutrition fact, the terpene profile. They will never be exactly the same because it is a flower and we have environmental, but it will change your fucking life change your fucking life. I got it for my parents. I changed my parents' life. I help people in my chair get their marijuana license while I'm doing their hair for nothing because I want them to change their life and to get off drugs that are slowing their life down. And it yeah. works. Yeah. I think it's interesting because, um, like I know when I used to smoke, I was a child. Like I was a kid. I was in high school. I was in my early twenties. I just smoked to get high and I smoked way too much. Like stupid. You didn't <laughs> know what kind. You didn't know what kind. Oh, you don't know what kind, like just all the things. And, but now as an adult, I know how much I can have. And I know that like, I don't like to be paranoid. I don't like, like, I know that I can eat this amount and it puts me to sleep. Great. It makes me like calmer. Like I'm not going crazy. I'm not high out of my mind. If the doorbell rings, I'm freaking out, you know, like, right. And I think so that, that, and going back to Carl Hart real quick, that is his thing. Like, like, you know, drugs are for grownups. They're for responsible people who are working out their shit, um, rather than being, you know, you're doing it for recreational, you're doing it for fun. You're doing it to numb, um, 
Yeah, it's just really interesting because a friend of mine um, had asked one day about why people aren't open to the conversation publicly. And I had never really thought of it before. Like I, I just, it, it was the stigma, right? Like, and it's, it's the, it's the word. Like we were trained and programmed that marijuana is a gateway drug. Right. Like in the eighties, like we were taught a lot of stuff. I don't even want to get into, but we were taught that like marijuana with dare is like you smoke dope you're like say no to drugs speaking of i have to say real quick i left kroger this week and there was a dare um table out front of kroger and i'm like what are you doing so i'm in virginia we weed will be legal in two days what's today's date on july 1st no tomorrow are you trying oh is it tomorrow okay good well that i'm glad this will come out after maybe that's what i was worried about (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I'm like, what are you doing right now? Like, why are you like, this is not school. Like, why are you out in front of Kroger? And what are you trying? What are you trying to say? (laughs) Because people are crazy. A dispensary, like in Maryland, there's a law. Like if you get a dispensary license, it has to be open within 365 days. So in my area, there was one that was opening up called Rise. So everybody voted yes to the business without reading what the business was. They thought it was going to be a church. So they all said yes. So once they figured out it was going to be a drive-through, we have a drive-through medical marijuana dispensary. Oh, that's awesome. And you know what's really cool about dispensaries when they give everybody a license? It's equal. They give it to um, veterans. They give it to African-Americans. They give it to gay, they give it to women. They make sure that it's even in the county that each race of diversity is fed a business before they give it to everybody. How right. flipping cool is that? Yeah, yeah, it's not so, so let's talk about that for one second because what I did not realize um, is, you know, you look at how many black men specifically are in prison over weed. But if, Ridiculous. You, if you look at the statistics- it is white people are what I think over 60% who is actually like the highest weed smokers. It makes no sense. It's all, it's, mm, it's don't get disgusting. Me. Yeah. It's crazy. It's disgusting. Yeah. But so I am glad we're having this conversation because if you're a listener and you are a weed smoker, I know I'm not one to think that everyone needs to smoke weed. I don't think that I don't think, Every, I don't think there's a one size fits all for anything. So call it consuming cannabis. There you go. If that you consume fancy. cannabis. That sounds fancy. I am your soul sister and I don't judge you. <laughs> and if you do judge me, maybe you should try some. You can put it on a little patch on your back and you might calm the fuck down. Yeah. that doesn't work, I'll give you the CBD bath soap so you can calm your ass fuck down. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I have to say I got CBD oil before I started back eating edibles and I was like, this is for people who don't like to get high. <laughs> like, I was like, no, it's not doing anything for me. <laughs> but that's the cool thing about CBD, because right now, Delta 8 is a strain that is changing the CBD game. Because when CBD is grown in their greenhouse, it has to be like, that's why it's so expensive. Because who really wants to buy something that's not like, when people have a surgery, they don't want Tylenol. They want the drugs. And if you say like 
most people do. So when people buy marijuana, they don't want the marijuana that doesn't contain the THC or the THCA. The THCA needs to be cooked out in order to be ingested. So like once you learn, again, that's in the terpene nutrition fact, CBD cannot be grown with THC products. So it needs its own container to grow safely. Delta-8 is a new strain that contains components of THCA or THC in it, which they're speculating that you possibly could fail a drug test, but not really. And it's legal to buy. It's right. legal and it's safer than an Ambien. And I guarantee you wake up happier. Ambien, you can get in a car and kill somebody. You could sleepwalk and kill somebody. It has happened. But yeah. people take it and they overprescribe it daily, daily. I have heard nothing but crazy stories about Ambien. Yes. And it's like, why do people want to go to the max before trying a more homeopathic way? And that's because we have this faith in a program of doctors and doctors go to school for so long. Like, who am I? I have no degree. Well, you know what? I, I, whatever I have experience and I know my body and my makeup, and this is what works for me. And if something's not working for you, I challenge you to try something different without judging somebody else that found something that worked. Amen. I totally agree. <laughs> I think it's a good conversation to have. I think weed is going to be the new wine. Totally. I think totally. Shrooms, shrooms are going to be the new weed. That is my same. I, that, is, that is my projection. <laughs> it's on my bucket list. Yeah. That is, that is my projection. Um, but I, I'm glad that the conversation is open because again, it's just, you know, I was young when I did all those things. It's different now, it, you know, it's, it's completely different as an adult and it's, it's for a completely different reason. I was, what did you drink as a kid? What did did I you drink? go all the high end and drink the nice wine, or did you drink the Mad Dog Twenty Twenty? No, I drank Alice old English. I drank forties of old English. <laughs> I drank forties of Steel Reserve. That oh, malt see, liquor. I do, that was hot piss to me. Like I couldn't. <laughs> it was cheap, and you could buy it with quarters. It was yes. <laughs> no, I I went up like five cents and got the old English. <laughs> oh my god! But seriously, like, like it's all about luxury and taste and behaviors and really inward with what you're doing. And I guarantee you the person that's judging is abusing food. Most people that like judge me. And I mean, I get judged a lot. <laughs> I, they are eating three cheeseburgers in front of me and they don't think anything wrong with that. Yeah. And that's, that's abusing food. Yeah. I mean, people abuse everything. Like I said, you know, money shopping. I know it's huge, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. I do think the stigma is going to eventually go away because again, you know, it's about to be legal. I mean, well, actually I think Virginia is the first Southern state to legalize it. Yeah. That, that's like, amazing. I'm so happy for you. It's going to change people's lives. We it's won't get dispensaries to. for three more years though. Like it takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting, but I'm curious about just the shift. Um, you're already like seeing like signs and stuff, even though you're not allowed to sell it, like you're only allowed to grow it, which is funny to me. Cause it's like, okay, like you're allowed to smoke it, but good luck finding it. It's not hard. I would get the good <laughs> seeds from Colorado. My yeah. favorite strain is blue cheese. 
Oh, I like, I mean, I and like there's, and, and there's like songs about it and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And now you're going to hear it. And you're going to be like, Sophia, now I know you. <laughs> I thought they were talking about what I put on my salad. <laughs> no, it's a strain. Like I love pootie tang. That's another good strain. I bet you do. <laughs> pootie tang. And then there's blue dream, which is a good daytime one. Yeah. See, so you know a lot more about it than I do, but yes, I, it's a good, it is a good conversation to have because I, I want the stigma to go away. I really do because there is no reason to judge. And I agree with you with you're judging it because you don't know anything about it. Like, you know, it's like the people, well, they're going to drive. Okay. And they're going to go so fucking slow. Like, <laughs> But what, what are people driving on today? How many pills are in that person's pocket? Exactly. How many people hit the liquor store at 10 a.m. when it opens and buy a sleeve of minis? So throughout the day, when they go to the bathroom, they're taking a shot when they're going to the bathroom. How many yes, people, people are do staring that? at their cell phones while they're driving? Hell, we want to yeah. talk about addiction. That I will say, and I will be the first to admit, I'm a fucking addicted to my cell phone. And it is a problem. And I am aware that it is a problem. And I still cannot stop picking it up. I cannot stop. But you take breaks. No. Don't be so I, hard on yourself. No, I know it's a problem. I, it, as a matter of fact, I did a podcast with Missy Meganson and we mm -hmm. talked afterwards and we were talking about this exact thing. And she said, you're bored. And I said, oh shit, I think I am. You know, and in my mind, while well, I'm working, quote unquote, I'm networking with people. I'm, I'm getting con, I'm looking at content that inspires me. No, I'm not. I'm sitting on the couch and I'm scrolling my phone and literally I will get my weekly thing and it'll be like four to five hours a day, four to five hours a day. But I think that's normal. I it's, think you're judging yourself. No, it should not be normal. Do you realize that I could be doing so much on one app, but on one app or, but, but like as a hairstylist, you, I, I'm going to disagree with you at how hard you're being on yourself. I'm on mine six hours a day, but I'm answering emails. I'm networking. I'm working. And then when I'm not, I have my morning and my night chunks that I'm fam. Like I date my husband in the morning. I date my family in the evening. Yeah. And then my work day is, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but I'm like hustle. Like I'm mama bear. Like I am breaking the stigma in my family and I'm the only one without a college degree. And I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. And I won't stop until it happens. And that's my own personal goal. And if somebody else wants to turn their notifications off and they want to homeschool their children and not send their children to school and live that kind of life, like, I'm so glad that works for you. That's the Enneagram and how that works and why we, my children need school. Like I learned that this year. I homeschooled them for a year. I'm not that kind of program, but I think that we have to give ourselves grace. And if you're, if you're making yourself feel bad, then it's a bad behavior. It is a bad, but, I know it's a bad behavior. It, it, I know it is. I, I'm aware of it. I just have to like figure out how to put the damn thing down. Like the day so when you go to the, when go you go to the retreat, you don't put your phone away. No, I'm great when I'm busy. I okay. don't look at my phone. I don't pick up my phone. If I'm at a restaurant with my friends, I don't even pick up my phone. If me and Pat are laughing in the garage together, like if I'm doing something, but what happened was this year is I quit behind the chair to start a business. It was super hard at the beginning. And I had to do a lot of work at the beginning. Now it's streamlined. I don't have as much work to do. So I find myself 
like just sitting, I'll write an email and then I'll pick up my phone for no reason. No reason. I'll be in the middle of writing the email and I will look at Instagram for what? Like I was in the middle of a sentence. Like it's like this, this automatic, I know it's a problem. I'm fully aware it's a problem. Um, so I'm going back. Well, if it's a problem for you so that you recognize it. No, I'm fully aware it's an issue. Um, but I know, but Missy like opened my mind. I was like, oh my God, she's right. Like, I don't have enough to do. I don't have a hobby. I get burnt out doing business stuff and I just want to sit and chill. I need to read a book. I like reading books. Like put the fuck, put the fucking phone down. I'm searching for validation is what's happening because I'm no longer behind the chair. I'm now in a business that people have to go off and do the action themselves. I'm not getting that immediate validation that I've gotten my whole life. I've gotten my whole career and I'm searching for it on an app and it sucks. And I'm aware. And like I said, I'm going back behind the chair next Wednesday. And I think that's going to help because I, I need that. Like I need people, I need real people and I need to get off because that fucking app will make you feel like shit. But are you doing everything yourself in your business? Yes. That's why. I, I'm on my phone because I just hired a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. I have a media person that helps me batch all my content. So I have 30 days of content. We do it all in two hours. We plan that's one day a I week. Would, that's what I would like. I would like to do that. Well, I have some, I'll give you a number today to help you. And all you do is you drop it in a Dropbox and then she creates it, puts it back in the Dropbox and then you got your content batched. And then that way you kind of are organized with what you're doing and it feels better. But even when you're streamlined and you're busy, you're still going to be answering people. Right. Well, I like, that's what I like. Yeah. So that's what I like too. Yeah. That's you are so good with people. Yeah. I love people. I, if I could just do hair you know, one day a week and do the podcast for the rest of my life and like, and make money doing the podcast. Like I would, like, I, I love conversations. That's why I like my one-on-one coaching so much for that reason. Oh, you're so good at that. I'm so glad that you followed your dream and set that up. You've helped somebody locally around me and I'm seeing big changes and shifts in her. I'm not done with her. (laughs) Good. Good. Um, Yeah. So anyway, but back to addiction, I mean, you know, if somebody's listening to this and, oh, and I will say at night I put, so this is something that I've done and it really helps me a lot. I put my phone away about seven 30 at night and it's right around the time that my edible kicks in. (laughs) I put it in my room and I don't look at it until the next day at all. And it is super helpful because again, I'm calmer. I can sit and watch TV and just, I just need to chill. My mind's all over the place all the time. Um, and so if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh my God, they're talking about drugs and blah, blah, blah. Like, I want you to think (laughs) of something in your life that, that you're addicted to, because I bet you there's something and I bet you there's negative things involved with it. Um, for me, my edible is not, there's nothing negative about it. Like, do I want to calm my mind down? Yes, I do. Am I numbing anything? No, I'm not. Like I eat a little bit. It makes me feel good. So what? You drink wine, you drink vodka, like, you know, <laughs> but I also don't think it's for everyone. I am going to say that. I agree with that. There's a lot of addiction. I um, I, I've seen a lot of addiction and I don't think that addictive things are that could hurt somebody, even though I don't think weed could hurt you. Mm, This is a hard one. (laughs) 
I think when people have their mind shifted and their mind isn't strong and healthy, they shouldn't use a substance to kind of think that that feeling is going to change the way they feel about themselves. Right. There's a difference with pain and there's a difference with the way the body reacts to that. And then there's a difference with trauma. There's pain and there's trauma. And if you've had trauma, I'm really sorry. I, I believe me, I've had my fair share of it myself. And trauma is real. And if you're not dealing with that and you're using something to help like hide that shame and whatever, there's there's help out there and you're not alone and somebody will listen and I hope you heal. I love that message. That's yeah, it, it's, you know? it sucks when people have that. Like for me, it's really hard for me to relate to somebody that's never had trauma. Yeah, and I agree. It's like, I just look at them and think you live in a rose colored world where there's never been a blip. God bless you, but I cannot relate to you. I can't like, I, all I know is struggle and I want to teach my kids not, but I've always been honest to show them and trauma is it's, it's life-changing. And a lot of people out there have it a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes like when there's messages out there and you just ask somebody a question and you're like, do you know somebody that had that happen to them? And they're like, no. And then you say, well, that happened to me. Their faces can't handle it. They can't handle it. I just had somebody scream at me over something so silly. And I called Misty in tears over it because I was going into my old bitch self and allowing somebody to take their projection onto me and shift my mindset because that triggered a trauma in me. When she was yelling at me, my body response was like, what's next? What's next? What physical pain is coming after the yelling? So when you yell at somebody and be like, oh my God, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, to you, it might not be. But to that person, they don't know what's coming next. So you should shift the way you think and reframe sometimes that am I being my best and highest self? And would I be proud of myself if this was my last day on earth? And that's because it doesn't have to be good and it doesn't have to be bad. And this is what my coach Jamie teaches me all the time. It's just neutral. And if we just have that mindset, nothing will really ever bother us it's not good and it's not bad they're not your abuser they're not your trauma you you have to heal and not make excuses and go backwards it just has to be neutral know your trigger and learn how to heal it and don't look for something to mask it yeah no i totally i totally agree i think that's awesome um sophia i love this conversation I knew Missy, I thank knew you it so was going to be a good one. <laughs> so, tell everybody where they can find you and what you have coming up. Ooh, okay. And this is so, coming out in late August. So your podcast will probably be out by then, I would think. Okay. So big things for hair by Sophia Musto. I am right now, I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm a hairstylist. I just renewed my lease for two more years. So I'm going to continue my business. I have my second Zen Center collection coming out November 11th this year, and it's going to be better than ever. And then launching on July the 10th is my podcast, Zen Center. 
and it's going to be magical. Zen Center is a place where stories, it's going to be storytelling. It's going to be me sharing my story and it's going to be a safe place for me to allow others to share their story because there's so many magical humans out there that need to be heard, seen, and just experienced. And I just want to create that space for them. I love it. You're a beautiful person. Oh, thanks, Misty. So are you. I'm so glad that we were aligned. And what were you going to say? You can find you where? On Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, Sophia Musto. It's always a Musto. (laughs) (laughs) I need a tagline like that. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to think of one for you. You got a fun last name too. I always, because I am from Baltimore, so I put such a like twang on everything that I was saying my name is Sophia Musto. I mean, yeah, musto, but it's musto. Right. So I would say it's a musto to be a musto. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sophia, thank yes. you so much. Thank and you, Misty. I will talk with you soon. Yay. Bye. Once again, if you like what you hear, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot, post it on the gram, tag me, tag Sophia. You can find all of her information um, on where to find her in the show notes. And I will talk with you on the next one.